Good morning. It's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, the Utah Jazz win their last preseason game. You know, they can really shoot the three. And there are going to be nights they're just crushing it. What will be interesting is on the nights it isn't going well and it's a big game, can they get back on track in the middle of the game? You know, it's hard to do when everything's going wrong to turn it around and make it go right when the pressure's on against a quality opponent. That'll be the trick. It won't be the overall number. The overall number is going to be good. But it'll be those big moments, especially when it's not going well and the pressure's on. We'll get to the best of the jazz postgame show coming up uh, later this hour. Stay with us for that. Uh, NFL football last night. The Chargers beat the Raiders in overtime 30-27. to The Raiders have lost four of their last five games. They are just coming apart. And the, and the win was that game they stole against the Jets. They had no business winning. Uh, it's just... Derek Carr got hurt, groin injury. Marcus Mariota came in and played well, um, but couldn't finish drives, kicked that field goal there in overtime. Chargers had problems finishing drives, too. They had two field goals and should have won the game in regulation, but they won in overtime. Uh, So there's a little NFL for you. And then the other thing to get to, let's get to the college football right now. We're getting ready here for uh, Football Friday, and the Utes are going to play Washington State tomorrow. And there's been signing day this week. We're going to let you listen to some of Kyle Whittingham's comments as the Utes uh, get ready now for, well, Spring ball, spring ball and transfers, adding a quarterback. Clearly, that's on Kyle's to-do list. you hear that coming up. Here's Kyle. With the recruiting rules and regulations changed so dramatically in the spring and all that because of the COVID, you ended up, I would assume, saving a lot of money because coaches couldn't go anywhere. Do you think that the NCA or university presidents or conference commissioners or what have you might decide that, hey, we can actually save some money. So everybody got a recruiting class this year. So do you think this could have changes to what's allowable in the future as far as recruiting? That's a good point. I hadn't thought of it in those terms. Uh, I certainly hope not because going out on the recruiting trail and getting in the homes and and building relationships with these players uh, is – a huge part of the recruiting process and and even though you can build those relationships somewhat over zoom and and that type of thing it's just not the same as the in-person experience and for the recruit's sake i hope it doesn't change because they they deserve to be able to physically get on the campuses that they uh, are considering and uh, meet the coaches in person and i think that's such a, a integral part of of the whole process even though it can be done without it I, I hope they don't go that direction because uh, I think it's not fair to the uh, student athletes. So I believe the other morning you said that Cam Rising would be out for spring ball because he has the uh, injury. And that's obviously you just said, assuming there is a spring ball. So with that in mind, I don't know the status of Bentley, but if he doesn't come back, does that mean the only scholarship quarterback you'd have available for spring ball would be this incoming freshman? That would mean that if nothing changes between now and then, but uh, I'm going to tell you there's a really uh, good likelihood that uh, you know we'll, we'll continue to try to uh, address that position, and, and uh, that would be worst-case scenario, what you just mentioned, and I don't think we're going to get to worst-case scenario. I think we're going to be able to uh, have a, a good situation uh, by spring ball. So that obviously be through transfers? Could be, could be, or, or guys, like I said, that are that haven't signed yet, although there's very few of those guys left. Uh, I don't know what the percentage is, but I would guess 90% plus of the uh, scholarships have already been uh, utilized at this first signing period. But, uh, yeah, transfers is, is, uh, is the other avenue, obviously, and that, that would probably be more likely to go that route. There is Kyle Whittingham. When we come back, more youth football with Frank Dolce. And also, the best of the jazz postgame show is next. Stay with us. 
Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Utah Jazz win their last preseason game to beat the Clippers in L.A. Don't read into it too much. The, <clears throat> the energy level wasn't always what you would dream it would be. <laughs> well, it was preseason. What'd you expect? Here's the best of the postgame show. It's your Jazz recap here on DJ and PK, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott with you. The Jazz finished their preseason run undefeated 3-0 and after beating the Clippers last night, 125-105. Uh, they were led by Jordan Clarkson and Boyan Bogdanovich. They each had uh, 20 points apiece. Donovan Mitchell had 15 points to go along with eight assists. Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert, uh, they each had 12. Rudy had eight rebounds to go along with those 12 points and added a block shot as well. We're on a night where the Jazz shot 52 three-pointers and made 24 of them. Uh, If this were a regular season game, that would have been a record. Big story of the Jazz uh, preseason, in fact, the amount of threes that they're taking. We'll look to see if that continues. Let's get you some post-game sound. Let's start with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Hi, coach. Hey, Maddie. Hey. All right. Uh, we'll go ahead and get started here. First up will be Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Glenn, it was another night with a lot of three-point shots, and, and especially early. I mean, what are the things that you guys are doing differently or, or focusing on in order to get those three-point shots? Well, I, I think it's a mindset for one. Um, you know, last year – when you you get new players, um, especially, you know, talking about Boyan and Mike on the perimeter with their shooting ability, it takes a little time, you know, for you to kind of find the, not the confidence, but like, it's almost like you have to give yourself permission and your teammates have to do it, you know? Um, And then JC comes in December. Uh, I think in the bubble, we really started to emphasize uh, even more, you know, we had a season, you know, roughly a season to look at. And, you know, you look at the, the percentages that guys were taking, it just, you know, they need to take them. And uh, so that's, it's been something we've tried, we want to do. Um, feel like if they're catch and shoot, even if they're early in the clock, um, you know, they, they can make them. And, you know, credit to Rudy and Faye both. You know, anytime we put pressure on the rim, um, with the bigs, those those shots get easier. And, you know, one of the things we want to continue to emphasize, too, is it's, you know, threes are good, but the rim is better. And to the extent people start, um, you know, extending their defense to take those away, we want to be able to drive the ball. And, you know, that'll give our bigs opportunities, too. So, I, I, more than anything, it's just something that, that – a mindset that, that we want to have and uh, and know that, you know, not all threes are created equal – You know, we just don't want to shoot them for the sake of shooting them. But we've got some guys that can shoot them, and and we want them to do just that. All right. Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Coach, building off of that, the speed at which you guys released those shots, uh, that was really impressive tonight. Is that the pace and the speed that you're wanting to play going forward? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, that, that's, you know, preseason is, is a time, you know, particularly the practices too, that, you know, you want to try to emphasize certain things. And, you know, it takes time for a team to formulate an identity. Uh, you know, and that's just something we've been pushing and emphasizing. I, I think our guys, you know, p- part of the challenge is that we've been a team, and I've said this previously, you know, I, I don't think pace is the be-all, end-all for offensive efficiency. And um, However, you know, we want to play to our strengths. And, you know, for myself and our coaching staff, um, you know, that's what – that's what – that's a strength. So, you know, it it's something that you have to find a balance because we still want to move the ball. Um, but I think that the biggest thing is for us to run. Um, guys got to commit to that and, and frankly – talk about running, run for each other. Um, and when you do that, you know, and you're able to make quick decisions, sometimes the ball can ping around and, you know, and you, those shots are available. All right. Tony Jones, the athletic. Coach, um, you know, obviously, you know, you talk about shooting the threes, but what kind of a role does – you know, Donovan being able to get into the paint off the dribble, Mike being able to get into the paint off the dribble, JC doing being able to do the same thing. So many guys being able to touch the paint off the dribble. What role does that have in creating open looks from beyond the arc? Well, it's a chain reaction. You know, Tony, if you're willing to take, you know, those those clean looks, particularly when they're catch and shoot, I think that's, you know, one thing that, that you look at and – you know, the, the key is to make a quick decision. You know, I just, we don't want to see shot picks. We don't want to see the ball stick. Um, and if guys are making those quick decisions, as you said, you know, we've got some guys that can get in the paint and they want to find each other. Um, you know, like I said before, you know, we, we want the rim. You know, the rim is really the most important thing. Um, but sometimes you have to shoot the ball to get the rim. And, you know, that sets up some other things. I, I think you 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 saw that with Donovan and pick and roll, um, particularly, you know, in Orlando. Um, it's just something that you continue to try to emphasize. You mentioned, you know, Mike um, and JC and, and Joe as well. Um, those guys can put the ball on the deck and you know, then they're finding people. And I, I can't emphasize enough, too, um, with Rudy, you know, and Faith, the pressure they put on the rim that opens the floor. Next, next up, Ben Anderson, KSLSports.com. Quinn, along those lines and Donovan's development w- with that spacing, and is that just patience? Does that just take four years for him to develop, or or is that adding players to the team like Derek Favors? Um, well, it, t- it takes a lot of players six, seven years. So I think, you know, Donovan has worked incredibly hard. Um, I think one of the biggest things is, is conditioning. Um, it's not easy – you know, to run every possession. It's not easy to push the ball. Um, and certainly playing with Rudy and Faith, you know, is an asset. He knows that, you know, when their bigs are, are dropped back to protect against Rudy's role, those, those shots are available. And I think what we're seeing with Donovan too is the game's slowing down for him, you know, and he still has that gear when he can attack. And we want that. Uh, but, you know, I've, I've said it for a while about his reads, and when the game slows down for you, you know, you're able to read better and still still attack. 
All right, that's all we have time for. Thank you, Coach. Okay, thanks. There's Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. His team wins big over the Clips, 125 uh, to 105. Let's now hear from some players. Let's start things off with Derek Favors. Uh, let's go ahead with uh, Eric Walton, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Fabe. So, obviously, uh, with this team shooting 52 three-pointers tonight, this is, this is the second time in three games you guys have had more than 30 attempts and a half. It's a little bit of a different style than than probably what you remember when you were here two seasons ago. What's it like being out there as, as this team kind of is racing up and down to take three-pointers? Um, no, it's definitely a different style of play since I was here, um, what was it, two years ago? Um, guys getting up a lot of threes. We got um, guys that can attack the paint, create open shots. Um, me and Rudy do a good job of setting screens and running the floor and also helping create those um, those situations. So, I mean, it's, it's a different feel. And um, hopefully it can translate over into the season. And, um, you know, we can continue to have good shooting nights like that. And um, I think we really made came out and made a statement on the, on the defensive end also. You know, guys came out and guarded their guy. And um, really took the challenge of, of playing playing against a good Clippers team. All right. Next up, Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Fave, you're out there with a, a couple of guys that you're not used to playing with: Jordan, Bogey, Mike. How long do you think that it's going to take for you to feel completely comfortable? Because I mean, it looks like you guys already have chemistry, but there are like sort of a few missteps here and there. I'm still going to take time, but right now, um, like I would tell the JC. I told him, um, you know, and I set a screen, just just do you, you know, take your shots. If, if I'm open, you know, look to pass it. But if I'm not, you know, do you get the ball up on the rim, rim. And if you miss it, you know, I'll be there to get a rebound. So, um, no, I try not to put too much pressure or try to think too much about spinning in right now. Just go out there, do my job, get those guys open. And, um, you know, they see me in the paint wide open, they'll pass it. If not, they'll get the ball on the rim and I'll get the rebound. All right. <clears throat> Tony Jones, The Athletic. Hey, Derek, how are you um, adjusting to, you know, just being back overall and, and you know, just just being, you know, kind of acclimating to, to to the team for a second time? Um, I'm still getting used to it. Like um, like I said, I'm still getting used to the, to, the new, to the new players on the team that I didn't play with two years ago, Mike, um, Bogey, and, and JC, and um, some of the other guys. So I'm still getting used to it, but right now um, – I'm just focused on what I can control, and that's, you know, setting screens, defending, rebounding, being forced in the paint, um, defending the paint. And, um, you know, we still got time to work on the chem- chemistry stuff with the second unit, but um, that, that, that'll come with practice and more repetitions in the game later on in the season. But right now, you know, just focus on defense, defense, rebounding, just protecting the paint, setting good screens, get those guys open. All right, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Fave, what's your initial impression of Shaq Harrison? I mean, you've got a minute to play with him tonight and then uh, in practice as well. Um, so a hard-working player. Um, can definitely defend out on the perimeter. Um, I haven't seen, like, much offense from him yet because he um, this is his first time um, playing in the game with us. But, I mean, from what I know in the past with him, just really good defensive player. Uh, plays hard, take advantage of every opportunity that he has out on the court. And uh, he's, a, he's a really good player. All right, we have one last question. Eric Walden, follow-up question. 
If Abe, you mentioned uh, being happy with the defense that, that you and Rudy kind of set the tone tonight. How does the defense that you guys are playing right now compare to what you guys were doing two years ago? Um, I know the team was not particularly happy with where they were at last year and we're looking to take a step forward. Where do you think you're at in that process? Um, I think we're, we're pretty good, pretty good right now. Uh, I think we still have more work to do. Um, I mean, of course, with Rudy out there, you know, we're, we're a top five defensive team. But, you know, coming off the bench, I want to make sure that, you know, we don't drop off too far um, on the defensive side of the ball, especially in the paint area. Um, but I think, you know, the, the guys on the perimeter tonight did a good job of, you know, just containing the ball and, and making the other team take tough contested shots or, or tough contested mid-range shots. And um, did a good job protecting the paint, um, keeping them off the boards. And um, I think that's something that can carry over to the season um, when our first game come around. All right. Thanks, Faye. We're done here. Have a good one. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank y'all. That was Derek Favors coming in off the bench 15 minutes last night, four points on two of four shooting, did have uh, five rebounds and also five assists for Faye. That's a big number for him, certainly. All right, let's get you some more sound. Let's now hear from Boyan Bogdanovich. Hi, Boyan. Hi. Okay, good. All right, we'll go ahead and get started. First question we'll have from Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Hey, Boyan, the speed and pace at which you guys put up those threes tonight, you, a lot of them early in the shot clock, how much of that is an emphasis for you guys this se- season playing at that speed, that's, that pace? I mean, that's the, that's the one I like, that, that's the style we want to play, but also I think that all these shots come from from our good defense. So if we if we guard and, and, and play the way we play tonight, then we're going to be able to shoot many threes in, uh, in our early in offense. Next up, Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Hey, Boyan, how are you feeling after the first three preseason games physically uh, and with your hand? I mean, physically, I'm fine. I'm, I'm I'm in great shape. I was working out for whole summer to get my conditioner back. Even even I was in Salt Lake for the for two months before the before the season. So I'm in, in pretty good shape. But my hands kind of still sore. Is not is not very supposed to be probably, or or it's not 100 percent. But it's it's good enough to to be back on the court and 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 play. Next up, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Well, on, uh, when we when we spoke to you back during training camp, you mentioned that Quinn was going to force you to start taking ten threes a game. But we're seeing a similar thing from you know uh, from Jordan, from Mike, from all those other guys. How fun is it just to just to go out there and like have that much of a green light and, and play at that style? I mean, of course, that is fun, but it's also Kind of small, tiny, tiny line between taking wild shots and uh, and and good shots that early in uh, in offense. So, like I said, I I think that our our defense got to be on point that carries us even if we are if we are shooting bad. But like you mentioned, Mike hit a couple threes today in uh, in, in second quarter of the of the great defense. We know what JC is capable of doing, making those early and and wild shots. So. So overall, I think that our defense got to be the the main thing, and then then shooting 31 threes like we had uh, today in, in the first half is gonna it's gonna help us to get uh, to get more points on the board. Uh, Ryan Miller, KSL. 
Hey, Boyan, I'm just curious, what was kind of the strangest thing about this road trip, considering all the COVID stuff? I mean, just we needed to wait in our, in our rooms for two hours this morning to get uh, to get back the, the negative tested. But uh, but overall, it's it's fine for me. Is the the strangest thing is that that the arenas are empty, so it's it's kind of it's kind of funny and it's tough to play in that way. But that that's how it is. We gotta protect everybody and keep everybody healthy. All right, last question, Ben Anderson, KSL Sports. Boyan, you talked about the defense and, of course, the offense getting so many threes up. Does that feel like chemistry that's grown from last season? Is that just another year of playing together? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we, we kept all core, core players in here. Fave is it, it's going to be huge for us, just his experience. And, and we are all confident that whenever he got a ball, that he's going to make the right, right move. We had a couple threes after his offensive board, so, so he's going to be big for us, but... But yeah, I mean the chemistry is great. We we play mostly the, the same offenses like we did last time. Even we had so much option from from every single set offense. So so chemistry has been great. All great guys. So I hope that we're gonna we're gonna keep with this shape next game. Okay, that's a wrap. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Thank you, guys. There's Boyan Bogdanovich. He was 7 of 11 shooting, 5 of 9 from 3. had 20 points in 22 minutes of play. Let's now let's hear from Jordan Clarkson. All right, let's go ahead and get going here. Uh, first question we'll have from Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Jordan. So 31 threes in the first half, 52 for the game. Uh, 12 of your 15 shots came behind the arc. So what can you say about this team's overall evolution on the offensive side and, and about your role in that? Um, I mean, Coach been stressing it to us since we've been in the bubble. I think that was kind of the start of it. Uh, you know, just coming into this preseason, uh, just trying to find an identity. Um, and, you know, just emphasizing that on the offensive end. You know, those shots are good for us. Um, we're doing a great job of taking them and, and making them as well. So uh, we're just trying to set an identity and keep it flowing and keep getting better at it. So that's what you're seeing from us. Uh, well, that's what you're seeing from us in a, this, this three-game stretch in the preseason. Okay, next up, Ben Anderson, KSL Sports. Jordan, you, you kind of come in now with Joe or a little bit after Joe and Derek came in. What's that chemistry like with that second unit? Um. It's great. We move the ball. Joe does a great job of, uh, you know, getting everybody involved, shooting threes, making plays, and then with Faze, uh, he just told me straight up, like, JC, I'm going to get you open. All you need is a little space, uh, and uh, you can do your thing. So, you know, just be you. And, you know, they kind of got already connection, uh, Faze and, and Joe. Um, so I'm just kind of, you know, going with the flow on 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 that uh, – with that group, you know, we all out there playing our roles and, and doing what we're doing. So it's good to have those experienced guys um, out there at the same time and uh, just continue to try to make plays and and uh, be who I am as well as, you know, everybody else. Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. JC, building off of that, Favors also said that he's there at the rim to rebound for you. How does that impact you to have a guy that's on the boards like that for those offensive boards? Uh, it's great because I know I could, uh, you know, take the shots uh, that coach wants me to take. Um, 
get in the paint and try to make plays. And I know Fave is, is going to be right there to clean it up. Um, at the same time, his, his biggest impact, too, as well, is, is going to be on the defensive end. I think he's uh, shown that a lot, um, being able to guard multiple positions, uh, helping, rotating, talking. Uh, he's just been a, a great uh, pickup for us. Um, and happy that he's here and, and playing. So <laughs> definitely happy that he's with our group. All right, last question, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Looks like Quinn's running auto plays for you where he's setting off ball screens and having you run off them for, for open threes. Is that a, an adjustment for you at all? Or is that a, a something that um, you feel comfortable doing? Uh, it's no adjustment. Uh, something that we talked about, something that uh, started beginning happening uh, ever since I got here. You know, we, we were, we've had conversations on, uh, you know, my shot distribution, um, places where I get my shots and stuff like that and stuff where he's, he's seen uh, that I'll be able to, you know, continue to get better and keep keep doing. So I'm, I'm all open ears and, you know, I'm, I'm playing in the system. Uh, I trust Coach, what he says. And, um, you know, it's, it's been great for me uh, just keeping, you know, keeping this, this flow going. All right, that's it. Thanks so much. All right, y'all. Peace. Uh, All right, we're done for tonight. Thanks, everyone. There's Jordan Clarkson, 20.7 of 15, shooting 5 of 12 from 3 as the Jazz blow out the Clippers. 125 to 105. The regular season starts next Wednesday in Portland. That game will tip off at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage here on the Zone Sports Network will begin at 7. There is the best of the post-game show. For real, it's Wednesday. We're all looking forward to that. All right, we're also looking forward to hearing from Frank Dolce as he talks youth football, and we will do that next. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to welcome in Frank Dolce, the former Utah quarterback, now a Utah football insider. You hear him on all the shows all week long, talking all things Utes. Frank, good morning. Good morning, guys. Hope you're doing well. We are doing well. We hope you are doing well, too. You know who's doing well? The Utes. Yeah. Two straight wins. <laughs> Which makes that whole Washington loss kind of a woulda, coulda, shoulda. But that was a learning thing. The kids are talented. They just had to learn how to win. If you're a Ute fan, that's easy to talk yourself into. That's low-hanging fruit there. Do you expect this streak to continue against Washington State? And if not, why? Yeah, I, I, I think this is a good matchup. I think this is a good matchup for Utah. And uh, the, the way that they've performed the last couple weeks – uh, leads me to believe that they're headed down the, the right path, um, especially in terms of of things like n- not committing dumb mistakes. I mean, there were very, very few penalties in that game. I think Utah maybe only had one in that game. I don't think they had any. Yeah, so it was it was you know pretty clean game. Uh, they they didn't turn the ball over. The, it was interesting because the way the game played out, if it if it goes the opposite way, 
even if Utah wins, uh, maybe we're talking about it differently. But but Utah was kind of okay in the first half, and they really took over the game in the second half and dominated in the second half. And so we go out of that game feeling pretty good about how how Utah performed. And so if they can build on that, then I think they can manage uh, Washington State and come out with you know three straight wins and and maybe maybe a winning record uh, on the year. So after the game, I get on the Zoom call and listen to Kyle, and I don't tweet a whole lot, but I tend to tweet the most during games, and I get a lot of response during the games, and I had a bunch of stuff of people saying bench Bentley, basically in a nutshell, and afterward, Kyle says that Andy Ludwig gave Bentley a stern talking to at halftime, and he said that he told Ludwig told Bentley to play with confidence. And clearly, the second half—that's a very small sample—but in that second half was the best ball he's played as a Ute, as a quarterback yourself. What does it mean when you're hearing "play with confidence," and how do you think that made such a significant difference? Because he was so much better in the second half. I think that is the piece of his game that has been missing is taking over the reins, being a leader, you know, kind of, kind of in a sense, not, not really, but kind of in a sense feeling like he's putting the team on his back and, and he's going to take them down the field and, you know, his success is the team's success and all that, all that stuff. So as I've watched him the, the past several weeks, I've, I, I, I've said that I think he has the tools, and I still believe that. Like, I think he can make all the throws, and his arm strength is good enough, and I, li- I really like his athleticism. That has probably been, you know, a pleasant surprise to lots of people is his ability to go pick up a first down with his legs. Um, and he's made some bad throws, and he's made some bad reads, and, you know, that, that, just, that just happens. But he seemed more talented than, than doing that regularly. So... For him to finally take that next step is really meaningful because it just it makes everything easier. The game slows down a little bit, and you know people all are uh, you know look a lot more open, and you can fit things in windows that you didn't feel like you could before. And just just playing with that uh, that kind of confidence is really meaningful. I I do have to say that not, not only was it not only was it Bentley that stepped up, but you know, his offensive line finally kind of took control of the game as well. And so, you know, if your running game is going well, and it was, and your offensive line is winning at the line of scrimmage, then your job as a quarterback becomes significantly easier, significantly less difficult. Um, Because all of a sudden, when you have a half a second or a second more to look downfield and throw a ball and step into the pocket and step into your throw, it's it's meaningful. And it clearly it showed uh, on on Saturday afternoon the way that the way that he performed. I think the thing that I've come to understand watching him and now knowing I may only watch him play one or two more games. but But I think it speaks to a lot of quarterbacks, though, and it's what you just said. Uh, when things are going well, he fits in and he can play his part. But I 
don't think he's the kind of quarterback who elevates the whole team, who puts everyone on the shoulders, any other cliche you want. Um, PK and I were texting back and forth during the game. You know, we put a lot of stock in the fact that he had 30-whatever starts in the SEC. And I, look, I think it's 33, because I think his record was like 19-14 and 14 as a starter. And he was 1-8 against teams that were ranked. So when his team, they're playing better teams, his team's a little overmatched, the throwing windows are smaller, the pocket isn't as clean, all those things, stuff goes wrong and they end up losing the game. Uh, but if it's a pretty even matchup or if they've got the better team, you know, he's going to win three out of four of those games. So, but I guess that's probably true of a lot of quarterbacks, isn't it? Isn't, doesn't he fit in a group that, that, that wouldn't be a very select group I'm talking about? No, I think that, I, I think that, happens pretty regularly the you know the rarity is uh, are the guys that can can take a team when things aren't going well on some sort of regular basis and and make everybody better and so like you know the guys that 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 do that uh today um you know kind of your 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 russell wilson type of guys who's, who's done that with with teams that haven't always had the most talent, I think Ben Roethlisberger kind of falls into that category. He just he just has the ability to to put his team on his shoulders and and take them. I it's uh, it's funny that you mention that because I don't know where I fit Aaron Rodgers in that in that group. If he's the guy that if he's a guy that puts his team on his shoulders and makes everybody better, or or if he's just way better when his team is better, I don't know. I he's he's maybe the most talented quarterback in the NFL. That probably still applies. But I'm, it's funny about Aaron Rodgers. Anyway, with with Jake Bentley, we certainly haven't seen him do that. And so he's taken the the step of playing with confidence. We saw that in the second half against Colorado. So so now the next step would be if things aren't going well for Utah against Washington State. Does Bentley step up and make a few plays, you know, under duress, in dif- under difficult circumstances, and and uh, you know, if, if he can do that, then you know that that's significant. That would be telling. He just, I, I don't disagree with you. He do- he he hasn't shown that ability to this point. Um, still, I, I think that he is a guy that. Well, I was going to say he could win a lot of games for Utah. We don't know how long his career is going to last with Utah, but he can certainly win another game for for Utah um, in, a, in a couple of days uh, if he plays the way that he, he performs the way he did, especially in the second half against Colorado. He would have won a lot of games for you without COVID. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's how it goes. That's going to be the. That's going to be for a lot of guys across college football this year. We're going to say that that guy would have won a lot of games for you. Know, insert the team here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate, but that's the reality of the world in which we live in. So we see the emergence of Ty Jordan, and. I don't know why I think it's remarkable because I've seen it a hundred times now, but I'm trying not to get too crazy on this young kid here. But when you're running like he is and averaging seven yards a carry and you're a first-year freshman in your third or fourth game, I want to jump ahead and I try to pride myself into not being outrageous, but I want to jump ahead and anoint him the best running back that they've ever had. And it seems ridiculous to say it because it's just been based on two or three games, but man, this kid looks awesome. 
he he is a he's a different kind of talent that's for sure and you know if, if you take what we're talking about in 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 Jake Bentley and this is this is not 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 a knock against Jake Bentley at all i mean i'm this is, this is I, i'm a fan of his of Bentley and and what he's able to do for utah um and so i don't want people to take it that way but but when when jordan steps on the field and when jordan takes possession of the football there's not a sense of anybody i don't think that a question about what he's going to accomplish. Like he he takes the football and there's full confidence that he there, there's something positive is going to happen, and and that's why in a third and five situation where typically or third and six you'd think well I'm I'm I might just throw the ball well no you you're going to give the ball to Ty Jordan because he. He gives the confidence. He not only plays with the confidence, but he projects that confidence onto everybody else that he's going to be able to make a play. And so there's a there's you know kind of a little bit of a difference in in the way that that those two guys Bentley versus Jordan approach the the game is Jordan has this has uh, a, a unique ability. Um, to, to make a play when a play needs to be made, to play with confidence, even at this, even at this young age, he plays like you know he plays like an upperclassman. There's no question about it. So I don't know about an, uh, anointing him the best in the history of Utah football. We'd have to go across that list, and several names come to mind in guys that that uh, played in difficult under difficult circumstances. Um, and Devonte Booker certainly comes to mind as one of the very best in my mind, and and of course uh, Zach Moss is one of the very best in my mind, and and I think that the way that he's performed in the last few games, that Ty Jordan could certainly put himself in that conversation. He's an extreme talent. I think the best thing you can say about him so far, because to say that he's the the best ever, well, you got to do it game after game. You got to bring the consistency, and you can't say he's done it until he's actually done it. So we have to let him get 10, 15, 20, 25 games into a career. But what we can say is that a lot of us in the media, in the fan base, watched his first game. He carried the ball seven times, and lots of us thought. He needs to get the ball more than that. And we haven't watched the hours and hours of video. We're not a trained eye like a coach who's just watched so many recruits and so much game film. But, Frank, in seven carries, I figured it out. PK figured it out. Jake figured it out. You figured it out. Lots of people listening figured it out. Well, that kid needs the ball more. In seven carries. That's pretty impressive by him. Well, yeah, no, no question about it. That's what I mean about... Um, the the confidence that he plays with and that he projects onto everybody else it was evident it was clear <laughs> a few carries into the game that he played at a different speed and some guys just do that it's really sometimes it's hard to put your thumb on it like why is this guy better why does he do that better why do you think he's and and there's not necessarily uh, like a discernible thing when you look at a guy physically or whatever, but, but there is a, there's a sense, there's a feeling uh, when a guy is different and that's how I would describe Jordan. He's just different. And, and if you put him up against the other backs that are, 
in the in the backfield for Utah right now, who I think are extremely talented. I mean, I think Utah probably would have had success with any one of those guys. But when when the when the lights go on and you put on the straight, you know, strap on the chin strap, it's just different when he has the ball in his hands. And I think that's the the only way I could describe it. So Kyle said on his uh, Zoom meetings this week that Cam Rising is going to not be available most likely for spring ball. And Bentley, if he leaves, obviously wouldn't be available. Lisk is a senior, so he's out the door. So they could have a freshman who's going to join the program in uh, next month, I guess, if that follows through as far as spring ball goes. That, that would be outrageous to think about that, and hopefully we get to have spring ball. I mean, that's a, a question. I get it. But how much do you think that that makes you nervous about the quarterbacking situation going forward? Yeah, that doesn't. I that certainly doesn't give me uh, a lot of confidence in in that position group. Which you know, as as much as as DJ and I will argue about whether or not Utah has to have a superstar quarterback, um, they they still have to have a you know kind of a, a star. <laughs> At quarterback, I you know I don't think he needs necessarily to be the star of the team, but he kind of needs to be a star within the team, and that's just you know that's hard uh, for for a freshman, and we've seen it happen before, so it's not unheard of, but it it would put Utah in a in in a difficult under difficult circumstances if if that were to occur. Now, you know you look at the guy and you watch him on tape and and it looks like he has all of the tools. Um, the athleticism, the ability to throw the ball downfield. looks like he makes good decisions with the football and certainly good size. So everything, everything is there. And, you know, and he's a guy that would probably benefit from a powerful Utah running game, and maybe he wouldn't be called on as much early on in his career to, to make things happen. But it does make that, that quarterback group um, a, a little questionable for Utah coming into, in, into spring. And so we'll have to see. We'll, we'll just have to see how that unfolds. It's just one of the, you know, I look across this recruiting class for Utah and they get the good, you know, they get the good quarterback. And I might, I might lean on, you know, what DJ says about this group a little bit more than I have in the past is it, it never feels quite like that position group is solidified in terms of depth for, for the youths. Um, and as, as probably the most important position group on the field, I, I, it just feels like there maybe there could be a little more uh, focus on on build, you know keeping that group intact on a regular basis. So I, I don't know, DJ, if, if if that falls in line with what you're thinking about that, but it feels a, a little thin at this point going out of this season and heading into spring. A little thin is a good line. I like the way you phrased that. A, a, little, a little thin. Hey, because you call the high school games, um, 
you've seen a lot of high school players in person. And projecting high school kids to the next level is hard. Coaches say, hey, if you hit on two out of three recruits, you're, I mean, the guys who do it full time are hoping to hit on two out of three. But having said yeah. that, having seen a lot of players and having seen a lot of the playoff games where the best teams and the best players are going head to head, are there a couple guys in the local in this little local recruiting class you are really confident about projecting success for them when they get to the next level and start playing college ball? Uh, yeah, there's 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 several guys around. There's there's a lot of talent in the state. Um, and there's a lot of college football talent in the state. So I don't know if that necessarily translates into, like, Power 5 type of talent, but, but there's a lot of guys that could, could have collegiate football careers in the state. And for one reason or another, you know, maybe mostly kind of size-related issues won't, won't ever necessarily make it to the, to the, big, the big programs. But... I think about um, I think about guys like uh, you, you, you know the Handleys, Darren Handley. Um, his his son played tight end at Utah. Great size. He has a son at Corner Canyon, who's a very good wide receiver. But he was the he was the runt of the litter. He just didn't get any of the size. Um, so I don't know if he tra- his his size wise translates into Power Five football. But he should play somewhere. Like that's a guy that could that should go out and find a spot on a roster because he'd be productive. Uh, outside of that, there's there's a lot of other talent. The quarterback at uh, Corner Canyon is a guy that is is highly recruited and should be should be highly recruited. I think he steps on lots of different Pac-12 programs um, right now and has a chance to to compete for a job. Uh, I think he's super talented kid at east high school defensive offensive lineman at east high school he's a guy that's going to make it make a difference uh at at the next level big time college football player Kent view has uh, a few guys on the defensive side um uh raider Mooney. just fan- i was going to say raider was fa- is fantastically talented they have a defensive end as well logan fano that's that's very yeah. You got all the guys that are all very very talented. Um, the offensive lineman at I, I think he's an interesting one. The offensive lineman light at uh, Corner Canyon, who is an Oregon commit, and after every Corner Canyon game, at, w- within thirty seconds of the game ending, he was in complete Oregon gear. <laughs> he was just out of his Corner Canyon gear and put his Oregon gear on. So he's he's going to be. Uh, he he's going to be a good one. Uh, Lone Peak had some Lone Peak had some talent. Orem uh, has has some talent. Uh, offensive lineman, I think the offensive lineman is actually committed to Oregon as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a couple couple of good guys there. I, anyway, um, there's a there's a kid. Uh, you know, there's a, there's another Barton at uh, at uh, Brighton High School that should be. Uh, he, he's just a junior, though. Yeah, and and that's a guy that's going to that's going to to make a difference. I don't know if you guys remember way back when Mike Edwards played baseball at Utah. He played a little bit of football at Utah. Played baseball at Utah. He has a kid um, at Brighton High School. He doesn't necessarily fit in the Power Five discussion, but that's a guy that should go on and and play college football some somewhere. Should have a nice career and 
in college college football. One of the uh, you know the the Kyle Brennan who, who's at the in the administration at Utah. His son played at Highland, and he just committed to to the Utes. And we'll see how he. Um, I think he's talented. He's going to have to work super hard to get on the field, but should have a should have a chance to play a little ball at Utah. So. Yeah, I look across the state. I'm not saying it's Texas or, you know, California, Florida or anything like that, but but there is a lot there is a lot of football talent in in the state of Utah. Frank, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for checking in with us. Man, anytime. Uh, I love to do it. I'm I'm sort of sad it's a shortened season because I think we're our my time with you guys is going to get cut short this year. But love to do it. Love to catch up with you guys. There is Frank Dolce, the former Ute quarterback. Stay with us. Coming up next, what is trending? All the headlines next.